Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. In 2014, a failed stand-up comic entered a contest called The Hunt for the Host. He did not win. Later, he was joined by an underperforming Oregon State fullback with a community college degree. These men, neither having earned the position and possessing no real skills, continue on as radio personalities. If you have nothing better to do on a Saturday morning, and if you can find them, maybe you can hear The Sinner and the Saint. Starring Luke Anderson. Get on it, get on it, get on it. Gentlemen's clubs, not like those. Oh, hey, everybody. He knows now. It is now. Devolved into that. And Will Darkens. Ear or eye? Where do you want it? On 1080 The Fan. Hour two of the Sitter and the Saint. Uh, Yusuf Nurkic just did the oh, you're not going to guard me dribble and then hit a three, which I absolutely love. It's like, dude, you're a center. I'm not going to guard you. And then he goes, all right, I'm going to take a dribble. I'm going to set my feet. I'm going to knock down a three. Love this Blazers team. Uh, hopefully uh, they um, they can translate this outside of the bubble. Question for you, Will. I don't know that we've had this conversation. Again, we've missed a few weeks uh, here. Do you have any less respect for a championship one in this bubble environment. Hmm. It, it's not a real championship. It was that weird year in the bubble. Well, I think we've had this conversation many times before, and my answer has always been, it depends. And it depends on who is out and who is in uh, COVID-wise. Sure. Uh, that doesn't really mean, like, let's say we're in the bubble. and uh, Well, Toronto beat a depleted uh, Warriors team last year. Does that not count as a championship? Still have to go uh, through the Eastern Conference. Well, and so that's kind of where you get into the tricky part is that I think a lot of people view the Raptors title as a little bit illegitimate because of that. And I think there's something to it yeah. if I have to be objective. Now, if I have to be subjective, F those guys. The Warriors <laughs> suck. They can eat it. <laughs> And Draymond Green is terrible as a player and only a piece. He should quit effing talking so much because he's really not that great. He was on an incredible team where he was put in a position to be incredibly good because he didn't have to do one whole side of the ball. He may get fined for tampering for his Devin Booker comments. Oh, wow, no way. Yeah. Wow, that's tampering. Oh, man. I guess you get in trouble when you're not on a really good winning team, when you're not the best player on it. In fact, you're far from it. 
Uh, two things real quick. Uh, if you missed anything from hour one, uh, shame on you, but you can get the podcast, go to 1080thefan.com. And just to follow up on our end of hour one conversation about breakfast foods and dinner foods, uh, someone text in 503-250-1080 is the fan text line. I'm a chef. Breakfast food and dinner food are the exact same thing. It's all the same ingredients, just a matter of how you arrange them. Yes, that's very true. It's partly true. I will say this about that. I just had one comment on it. Uh, less beef in my breakfast diet. Uh, sausage and pork translate very well, and the chickens are a lot younger. Come on. Okay. You like that. Okay. You like that. All right. Um, but with the bubble, I, I mean, again, it really matters who gets COVID out. Uh, meaning yeah. that, like, let's say the Blazers play the Lakers in the first round of uh, the NBA playoffs. And LeBron James gets COVID-19 and has to yeah. be out for two weeks. Then I'm going to kind of go, yeah, it's a little bit cheaper. Now, but, on the flip side of that, let's say LeBron James blows his knee that's out. That's what I was going to ask Yeah, you. then I'll go, well, that's an injury, that and I'm going to take it for what it is. Yeah. And you still have Anthony Davis. But the COVID thing, I think that's why I've, I'm really? still saying I am going to wait until I see all of this, and then I will say, okay, that's legitimate, or no, that's not legitimate. And I think that's the same case really with every single team that's ever played. Really, you only know until the end. Yeah. Now, so, okay, so if you're – if you're Blazers fan, assuming that you enjoy the Blazers basketball, Damian Lillard, God forbid, goes down mm. with COVID and mm. misses time or goes down with a knee injury, which one are you more upset about? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Equal? Well, I know, but if it's a knee injury, then you're like, oh, I'm worried about next year and all of the things you have to do the oh. recovery. If he misses two weeks and you miss your chance because of COVID, you're like, eh, well, it's a weird year anyways. Is the bubble is the whole thing. Oh, uh, yeah. You know? I mean, I'm kind of uh, either way on it. <laughs> it's just his knee, whatever. He'll never be the same player again. Who cares? I mean, really? Do you think that changes the trajectory of the Portland Trailblazers? <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you if he's done and is a diminished version of oh, Damian man, moving really? forward. Yeah. Man, we won't be able to lose in the first That's round of the right. playoffs. Hey, man. where'd they go last year in the playoffs? Oh, God, man. you're such a downer. Come on, man. Really? Come on, man. The only thing that would on, piss man. me off about that is <laughs> if he hurt his knee and because of the bubble. Before this, the he ran, bubble, he ran we into made the some amazing bubble. trades and got guys that we could hold over until the next year. Dude, look, we we talked about this in the first hour, right? You compared the guys that we have right now on this bubble court, like Gary Trent Jr. Yeah. Uh, Second Yusuf, round superstar, Gary right? Use of Nurkic, Zach mm-hmm. Collins, whatever. You compared those guys to dudes who were pretty much doing the same thing before this, like Mo Harkless and Al Farouk Aminu. I just who you trust more. So to me, in my head, I'm like, this team really hasn't changed much. They've just kind of rotated the cast and brought in some dudes who right now are playing pretty well, who, yep. by the way, didn't really play all that great at the beginning of the season, only came on very, very well, super late until now. you didn't have Nurk at the beginning of the season. You didn't have Mello when we started playing at the beginning of the season. You had- to me, yes, it would suck if Damian Lillard's knee blew out and then yeah. he had to miss, what, like half of next season. Yeah, that would yeah. suck. But in my honest opinion, I don't think that even if we had him next season, as I'm looking at the roster, I don't think it really changes much. I'm just saying as an opponent, you give less credence to a championship if somebody's out because of COVID. I think as a fan, you go, eh. 
with COVID, I, th- I think an injury would be much worse. But you give your team more respect if they beat a team, even though they lost a player for injury purposes. I just think that there's a, there's, there's a very interesting dynamic around it that's going to be very bizarre. Yeah. But luckily, and the NBA, uh, and people have praised the way that the bubble's set up and the way Adam Silver has is, is kind of took, taken on the leadership role of it. There have been no positive tests in the bubble. So hopefully that well, continues. as of... Like a month ago. There were some positive tests. Well, when they first came in, but they did the quarantine thing. So, but there hasn't, since play started, yes, there's not been a positive test, which is obviously the most important thing because, as we've seen in baseball, it spreads pretty quickly through a team. Ton of contact in basketball. I know. It also helps when your players actually want to be playing. Like, they're like, oh man, I'm having fun out here. Can I also say that? Like, the NBA players look like they're just loving this. Yeah. Like, they, they seem super stoked about everything. And I think the whole idea that, like, you're way more focused on the bench's reaction to certain plays actually makes it a little bit more exciting yeah. uh, than the crowd. It's, I mean, having a crowd's awesome, but, like, this is really cool. Like, when Melo hit that three, um, I can't remember. Uh, maybe it was against Houston. Her. Houston yeah, that's yeah. right. When he hit that uh, that uh, top, the, of the, top of the paint uh, three, like, the bench exploded. Yep. And it was friggin' cool to see it. It's like they are building their own energy and their own momentum, and I think there's something to be said to that. Yeah, well, all these guys know each other, and it's funny because you look at the schedules and you just go, oh, nobody's got a patsy on. Like, the Blazers don't have a patsy on the schedule. Nobody does. They got rid of the patsies. They only brought in. It's like it's a modified playoff, and it's it's a really fun because you're only seeing really good teams. But, yeah, the the comeback that they made against Boston, you're like, ah, they almost had it. And then you go, oh, geez, the rest of their schedule looks tough after they lose one game. It's like, yeah. They got rid of the bad teams. Draymond can do nothing but try to recruit Devin Booker now because their team was awful and they're out. But I think it's fun watching the 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 fans that they do have. Did you see Paul Pierce at the end of the Celtics yeah, game yeah. In, in the on the video monitor? And then uh, I think it was against Denver. The crowd behind the uh, backboard. One guy was leaning forward. The guy next to him was leaning back. They're coordinating. So I mean, there is some fan interaction. It's obviously remote, but. I don't know, man. I think the NBA is making the best of it. I think I think the players are enjoying it. I don't know. It's good to watch. It, it, yeah, it's after, good product. After a few minutes, you're just watching basketball. They got the cobwebs out. Yep. That's good. Yeah, that's great. Well, uh, Deion Sanders. Do you remember Deion? Uh, prime time. Prime time. Well, Deion got a message for all the players opting out in all sports. <laughs> I will share that message with you next. Center Saint, 1080 the fan. Fan text line 503-250-1080. Just want to give you an update. Uh, one of our texters is doing all the research on bubble fudge that you need. Apparently that is a bazooka product and not a bubble yum product. So if we disparage the good name of bubble yum and you had family members that were part of that company, uh, we apologize. But we we're just going on the information we had at the time. Which also, was just in our head. Well, no, it was from the texter. Well, right but the information we were going on. Oh no, we were just we were just trying our head and also speculation that it could be a sex move. Well, that I think that still exists. And uh, if we look at Urban Dictionary, there probably is a possibility that somebody has created a bubble fudge sex move that is unrelated to the gum. We're not saying that the gum and the sex move are the same thing. That the, both things can be true. There's no trademark on the sex move, but maybe on the gum. Uh, also, Johnny Bench apparently uh, did advertising for Bubble Fudge. So, just just catching people up on what's going on. I'm looking at Bubble Fudge right now. You go ahead and look up all the Bubble Fudge you like. Uh, one more question from the NBA uh, bubble. 
Notice the uh, the apparel on the coaches, just rocking the the branded polo shirt. What are the chances they move to that post bubble? Doc Rivers looks he's sharp. He's wearing just his Clippers polo shirt. Terry Stotts wearing his Blazers polo shirt. Why do they have to be wearing suit and tie? Uh, I don't know, because it's the NBA, and you look better that way. There's a distinction. They're on, they're on TV still? Yeah. I mean, if, if I think there's a level of professionalism to it. Does it look bad, though, the way they're dressed now? No, but it makes you think lesser a little. Do you really think less of them? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't actively, but, like, it all adds to the whole aesthetic of the bubble, which is just like, hey, this is not normal. One of the things... Well, I get what you're saying. They should just do it so it becomes normal. But, like, yeah. I feel like that attire is more for, like, practice and walkthrough stuff. Sure. And, I don't know, just something about a suit makes the NBA feel a little bit more official. Yeah. So, one, one of the things I saw the other day is the uh, men's warehouse and a couple other uh, men's apparel companies uh, going through the whole bankruptcy thing now with uh, COVID because people aren't going out. One of the things I've wondered prior to this was just I wonder if dress codes will relax because – Everybody's getting on Zoom meetings and nobody's taking the time to throw on a jacket or anything like we would for a face-to-face meeting. I will occasionally throw on a sport coat and it actually gets people like kind of like, hey, what's what's so important that you had to put on a jacket? It literally took me nine seconds to grab it and put it on. It was as little effort as I could do to like, I'm wearing it over a t-shirt. Oh, must be some important day you're wearing a jacket. No, I just didn't feel like, you know, shaving or putting on pants or doing anything else. And I thought I'd try to look presentable, and it was the least I could actually do. So I wonder if dress codes will relax in the general day-to-day, and I wonder if it translates to this. Just a curiosity. But I wonder how much, I wonder if anything translates from the bubble back to what we see next year or years beyond in the NBA. I think the only thing that will translate, which I've found pretty interesting, is the idea of uh, LCD uh, advertisers. They've always done that on the front of the scores table. They've done. Uh, but I mean, like, keeping it blank. Uh, because, I mean, you notice there's oh. a Toyota and a Fred Meyer thing on that court. Yeah, they yeah. probably didn't paint it on. <laughs> no, they're definitely not. Well, that was the, the first game that I watched was the Lakers game, the opening night, uh, Lakers-Clippers. And I go, I go, those look pretty good. I go, I'm pretty sure those are uh, just, you know, uh, superimposed on there. And my wife looked at it and she's like, yeah, I thought they looked weird. And yeah, so just a superimposing of the logos on the. I think it's an opportunity that you can make more money if you're an NBA team. And maybe that's not right that you could, you know, I don't know the math, but maybe you get more money with exclusive rights than you would just like selling uh, you know, a bunch of different companies in rotate. Cause I can yep. imagine the NBA doing that where they're sure. like, Hey, you want to get the, uh, you know, you want to get the bottom, right. Yeah. You, know, you pay this and you'll be going into a pool with yep. X and Y and Z. Well, but the only problem with that is that you want that experience for, um, the in crowd, the in stadium crowd, there's 20,000 people going to every game. <laughs> You're assuming they're going to have crowds. Well, then why, then why are you going back to your home arenas? I have a very bold prediction about what's going to be happening here pretty soon. I wonder if there's a good platform to you for you to share that bold prediction. I wonder if there was a way that you could share it with the greater community. At, oh, what's your bold prediction? Uh, I think a lot of teams <laughs> I think are going like to start going to share it. I've got a bold well, prediction. I'm, I'm going to keep to myself. I'm putting it out here 
and prefacing that because I think a lot of people will be like, that's stupid. Shut up. That's not good. Well, that's, like, that's what you do. I know, but like, it's kind of what you think do. This is something people kind of need to like get uh, at least a taste for and right. have all their uh, whining and pouting about before it happens. And then they're like, oh, wow, that did happen. I don't think people are going to basketball games anymore, to be quite honest. Uh, Wait. I, yeah, really. I'm serious. Yeah. What's your time ever? I don't know if professional sports leagues will have the money after this. Really? The U.S. economy, as much as a recent jobs report, and I'm going to get very slightly political, <laughs> uh, was very air slightly, quotes, very slightly political. air quotes encouraging. Sure. Uh, the the economy is not looking great. Like forecasting into the next year. Like, not good at all. Like, like we're in the middle of a pandemic. There's an S ton of debt that people won't be able to pay off, and there's no money to pay it off. I, I think you're going to see a lot of teams, and maybe it'll start just in small markets where you have teams like, I don't know, maybe the Trailblazers, who will pull a Marlins and say, just remove the seating. We will do a paywall subscription to watch the games that will account for some of the costs. But why would you need to have it at Moda Center? What do you mean? If, if you're not going to have fans, just pick a gym. Yeah, maybe yeah. they'll do that. Yeah. Just play it at the practice facility. I'm serious, man. We, we have no idea how long this pandemic is going to last. And a lot of the stuff that I've read online from reliable scientific sources, <laughs> say like the CDC. You and, said online and reliable scientific sources. Well, in you know, the same like, sentence, so it just made me chuckle. No, okay, I understand. Yeah, yeah. Government agencies <laughs> yeah. who have been doing this for decades, that yeah, kind of no, thing. I got you. Uh, you know, a lot of them are saying they don't really know how they're going to see the end of this. They don't really know how this is going to end at all because they even say, once we get a vaccine, there's an even bigger problem because we're going to be in a recession and we're going to have to pay for the ability to actually yep. get the vaccines to a mass amount of people. So they don't even know within the next two years if this is going to be. Well, but they didn't have any problem normal. getting testing out for all. The oh, wait. Yes. <laughs> well, and if you think testing and vaccines are the same thing. Oh, no. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying, if you look at the way that they yeah, got the yeah, testing yeah. out, which has been. I'm just poor. saying, I think it's something that's interesting to think about because baseball is in this situation now where they had to argue with the players so much about what uh, they were going to get paid and all that hell blue. Yeah. And after this, baseball is going to be in a really crappy position financially because they couldn't honor a lot of. Uh, yeah. local television contracts, which, by the way, were some of their biggest revenue points. So I, I think that everybody who's assuming that everything's going to go right back to normal for sports after after this, which, by the way, we don't know what after this is, yep. uh, I, I think you're sorely mistaken. And me saying that, hey, you might have some smaller market teams who just won't have fans and set up paywalls to watch games. If you think that's ridiculous, just wait. I, See what happens. I will. T I will tell you the biggest curiosity I have, and I haven't. I haven't had that thought about pro sports necessarily because I feel like there's there's enough passion and there's a few enough teams that they can support be supported. But colleges, man. I mean, the MAC announced that they are you know basically not playing fall sports, and they're going to move football to the spring, so they're not going to have a MAC football season. We Damn it. We, well, but we've already talked about the lower-level colleges, but, yeah. but you'll see how, how it goes with the Power Five, who is is pushing on, man. They're going to go out and try to have this. But what's I don't gonna, get it why the Pac-12 – I mean, are, are they just – are they not reading what's happening in California? 
Well, let's, let's do this. The MAC, the Ivy League, local high schools are not playing football in the fall. UConn. UConn is canceled altogether. They're not playing at all, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah. So we, we have further notice. Football is going to be weird. Let's take a look at what football looks like in our mind's eyes. We'll do it after this uh, Sports Center update. Ryan. Got oh, yeah, campaign. I've got the ad campaign all worked out in my head for Ryan Ruffles as your Ruffles sponsor. Okay. Two, uh, two golf announcers. They're watching Ryan Ruffles. He's uh, just around the green. We're talking the whisper voice. Here comes Ruffles with the chip. And then he hits the chip or whatever. The uh, the announcer side by him takes a big bite of a ruffles and a crunch. That is a great chip. Oh, we're talking about the talking about the chip, and they just go back and forth, and it's witty banter. And one guy's loud because he's eating ruffles. The other guy's trying to be quiet because he's watching Ryan ruffles. Mm. And they just go back and forth. And then Ryan ruffles just you know sinks the chip and holds it up. Crunch doesn't bother me. And then you move on. And then I uh, just go on living my life. That's exciting. You know, but Ruffles sales go through the roof, and your uh, stock purchase that you made of Frito-Lay just before Ryan Ruffles signed with uh, Ruffles Potato Chips uh, makes you a wealthy man. I have the inside info. You're welcome, and it's insider trading because we had this conversation. Wait, I don't work for that. Um, most disappointing sponsor that ever happened, Tony Romo for Tony Romas. Don't know how that didn't happen. Probably good. Need to get some rib money out there for Tony Romo. Probably good that didn't happen. Oh, it should have happened. Very disappointed in that one. Um, I forgot Mario Hazonia was on the Blazers. Did you really? Um, Come on. Kind of, yeah. He's terrible. Uh, yeah, that's why I remember. But, but the funniest thing about that was I had a buddy that was convinced he was going to be so good on this roster. Oh, really? oh, he was just like just gushing over Mario Hazonia. He's like, oh, this guy's going to be so awesome. I mean, I admittedly didn't know a lot about him. Yeah, he's like what, number, he's five, number five overall pick, I think, once upon a time. But, yeah. I don't know. Oh, my God. We got Hazonia. Draft picks to me in the NBA, like, mean absolutely nothing. Yeah, well, hey. Like, Thomas Robinson proved that for me. Yeah, he's, he's, picked, he's like, picked ahead of Damian Lillard. The pick ahead of Damian yeah. Lillard. And then ended up playing for the Blazers. But yeah, there's plenty of guys that suck at the top of the draft. There's no question about that. Uh, before we get into uh, the MAC and football and canceling football and everything, um, on Thursday it was announced that 69 players have already opted out of the NFL season. And Deion Sanders has a message for them. Deion, prime time, on Twitter, his verified Twitter account said, all players opting out in all sports. Please believe I'm yelling because he's using caps. Mm. The game will go on without you. This is a business, and don't you ever forget that. There is no one bigger than the game itself. Only the refs, umps, officials are that important that you can't play without them. Not you. Hashtag truth. Yeah. What's okay. so wrong about that? I don't think there's anything wrong about that. I didn't think it was a bad well, comment. Your face says otherwise. You look like you look G.O. shucks at me. Like, I don't know. What are you worried about? What are those players worried about? What are you living in friggin' La La Land? Yeah, that's the NFL. Dude, I've said this. The NFL, even if they get positive tests for players, will keep going. It won't matter. In fact, if two dudes test positive on the same team, they'll literally isolate those guys. 
And then they'll go, all right, everybody else is good. They don't care. They don't care about anybody. Yes. They don't care true. about players. They don't care about women. They don't care about social justice. They don't care about their African-American players. They don't care about having diversity in coaching. They care about money. That's it. And so this. Move the drill. And, dude, I've seen Move all the, the reaction to this on Twitter. There's so many people who are getting pissed at Dion. Oh, this, is a, this is a bad narrative. Dude, this has been the NFL's MO since like 2004. At least Since Paul, 2004. Well, I say that because at least Paul Tagliabue, like, tried to act like he yeah. cared a little. Like, Roger Goodell just came in and he was like, no, nah, man, I'm about making money. <laughs> like, I don't care about this. Ray Rice did what to Bad his wife? Stacks. What's that? Oh, it's on tape? Well, I don't care. Whatever. Nobody wants him anyway. We don't have to kick him out. <laughs> Kareem Hunt? You did what to a woman? All right, sit a little time out. It's on tape. I'll tell you what. Here's your punishment. You go play for the Browns. Well, I mean, even even closer to the timeline and the the NFL experience, Adrian Peterson, the whole child abuse scandal. Yes. Photos. Ah. And he came out and said, yeah, well, that's how I was raised, and look how I turned out. Slap, slap on the wrist for you, Adrian yep. Peterson. Well, yeah, he's still got some gas left in the tank. I don't know, man. I mean, uh, from my point of view, I feel like if players are savvy enough and they're if they're veterans and they're in the league, if they see this, they're kind of just like, yeah. Yeah. No, duh. But I see young players getting on, you know, getting into his comments, just like getting pissed off. It's like, dude, that, that that's what the NFL is. Like, yeah. I get it. You're living in your head and like you think this is a dream come true. And it probably is from your perspective because, you know, given whoever you are, you're making an insane amount of money that'll change generations for your family to come. But you also need to understand the negatives of what you got into, which is an industry that is literally about muscle and skin. Can you stay in there? Can you perform? Can you be entertaining enough for a camera? And can you do it for an extended amount of time that you can be the point zero zero one 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 percent of players who leave with dignity? Because most people in the NFL don't. Yep, they leave. They leave on a stretcher. You leave in scandal, or you leave because you're too damn old. They don't want you there. Your body doesn't work anymore, man. Those some of those injuries. The career-ending injuries happen yeah. all too often, and a lot of times you don't even recognize them because it's offensive linemen or it's a yeah. it's it's somebody that you know isn't on your fantasy team. Oh, he plays defense. I don't care about him. I mean, you watch the way defensive lines rotate in the NFL. Outside of the superstars, I mean, there's a lot of new names on your team every yeah. year, and you go, I only had three sacks. Who cares? Yeah, I, I just you know, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean. You know, I, I thought it was funny that they were even trying to do like protective the, the face, face covering. Yeah, the yeah face I was like, why are you even doing mask? that, dude? We all know that you're just gonna play. Yeah. Like we all know it. In fact, you won't even do a bubble. Just come on, just admit it. You're gonna fly people around. Oh, they are. Yeah, you'll have uh, you know what stadiums at like a quarter capacity. Yeah, because you don't care about the fans either. <laughs> that's the most recent play. Hey, the Dolphin Stadium was the first ever uh, pandemic certified. Uh... <laughs> Stadium. Uh, it's outside. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I feel like this whole pandemic has somehow, like, given fans this new perspective that's always been there for a lot of these leagues. Like, you know, a lot of people are kind of, like, whining about the whole idea of, like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe college football is thinking about carting those kids out in September and doing stuff like that. It's like, well, I can't. 
On They've the, gotten free labor for how long? On the fan text line. As a Maryland grad, I can occasionally point out that Terps football murdered a player and nobody went to jail. So, yes. football. Yes. Dude, Urban Meyer. So, it, here's... Uh, Penn State. Uh, I mean, Art Bryles. Yes, Art Bryles. There are numerous occasions where you can just point to football as a whole at every single level. I'm serious, even down to F and Pee-wee, and just go, there's something wrong here. Yeah. There's just something inherently wrong here. But you know what's even more sad? I can't look away. I can't. <laughs> Dude, I'm serious. Like, I love the NFL. I love college football so much that even when these terrible things happen, I can sit here and just yell and bitch about it all day on this show. But at the end of the day... I'm effing excited about the idea of the NFL starting. I, I had my I had that exact feeling today when yeah. I saw the headline: DeAndre Baker has been charged with four counts of robbery. But the Seahawk was not. He was not. And I was yes. kind of excited. Yes, I was, and I I didn't like that I felt that way. But I'm like, ah. this guy. They couldn't prove that he put a gun to someone's head and said, give me all the money and I got out our secondary, Will. Does that make me a bad person? It makes our secondary better. If we, ah! Thank goodness, really. I didn't like it, but I, that was my initial. I was like, wait, I don't see Dunbar in the headline. And then I looked and I was like, no charges. No charges against Quentin Dunbar. You know, I saw a uh, billboard on. Uh, Doesn't that make you feel terrible, though? What? That you can't look away, that feeling that you have that you're like, ah, my guy's there. I don't know. I've kind of accepted it. Kind of sucks, though. <laughs> nah, I mean, it's... It kind of sucks. Nah, man, it's it's media. It's it's what it's done to us. You know, it's hardwired us. Yeah. I mean, you and I, we've grown up in a generation where this is all native, you know? It all is. All this kind of stuff, it's just, it's naturalized to us, and we've become yeah. completely numb to anything else. And I mean, the generation uh, before us, or I guess after us, uh, you know, Gen Z and the one even after Gen Z... They'll become even more nativized to it. The yeah. whole idea that whatever is happening in front of you on a screen is the absolute truth. Yeah. Well, it's, and it's, you don't have to dig so much into it. And you don't have to ask as many questions because at the end of the day, these screens, these monitors, and this media and this entertainment is all around you all the time and you can't escape it. If you are told a certain thing enough times, like we have been told our whole lives that the NFL is something that is an honorable man's game yeah. and it's about integrity and working hard, you'll believe it. And you won't question otherwise even when you're presented information on the contrary. Well, you just won't. In in fairness, there there is some transparency now to a league that used to just cover it up. People used to just be blind to it yeah, because yeah. because there was no system of exposing the terrible things that happened. The people that go, oh, when I watched football growing up, we never had to hear about domestic violence. But today's players, oh. that's that, if anybody looks back and goes, back when men cared about their families and their wives, Len Dawson was, needed to win the Super Bowl in Super Bowl Four, the quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs, so he didn't get his legs broke by the bookies that he owed money to. That Super Bowl win was a lot more for him saving his life because he was betting on not only himself but on the games and everything. That guy was about to be in ruins. Like You hear the stories about what went on behind closed doors, but if you don't think there was domestic violence and child abuse and and, and, you know, take your pick of the most recent NFL scandal. It all happened before it was just covered up and the best players never got taken to task for it. And at least there is some transparency in the fact that we see it and turn a blind eye to it so that we can watch the game on Sunday isn't necessarily the worst thing that's ever happened in sport. You 
you know, these players today, you know, they whine about their substance abuse problems. I remember <laughs> players that were just having fun, like, uh, like let's see here. Uh, uh, Lyle Zato. Yeah. Or Joe Namath. Yeah. That guy just had fun all the time. Man, they just used alcohol to mask their pain. They ah. didn't use these fancy drugs that they probably used also with probably the alcohol. Look at Hollywood Joe. He just wanted to kiss that woman on that live TV interview. <laughs> I actually shouldn't dig into him too much. He pulled a Ryan Leaf, and he he he's uh, he's clean now. He did some book. Yeah. Something. Yeah. I don't know. But, I have a little bit more respect for that than I do like Ray Rice, who just like even today is like, yeah, I did something wrong, but like, I don't know. Like, yeah, so we're still married. We still got married. Yeah. She forgave me. Everything's fine. She forgave me. Why can't you? Can we, in the last segment, talk about Gary Trent Jr.'s tattoos? Yes, we'll do that, and we'll tell you what to watch. We'll do it next. Center and Saint, 1080 The Fan. Which is the most exciting matchup in the field of competition? Which game will leave you kicking yourself if you miss it? Which channel should you switch to when the sporting day is gone? Welcome to America's most exciting sports talk radio show segment. It's time for What to Watch. Presented by Encore Audio Video. Now hear this. Whether you're looking for a new TV or a custom home theater, start at Encore's showroom at 14th and Everett in the Pearl. Now our expert panel, avid television viewer Will Darkins. And increasingly out-of-touch father of twin girls, Luke Anderson. Are here to tell you what to watch. Literally, it's what to watch on The Sinner and the Saint. On 1080 The Fan. So What to Watch was a segment that was originally conceived to talk about what we should watch in sports and then maybe a quick interjection of what to watch on television. Over the last three and a half, four months, we've only been able to talk about television because there have not been live sports. So this is the first reintroduction of the live sports edition. Uh, You mentioned that you want to talk about Gary Trent Jr.'s tattoos. Can we first talk about his hair? Sure. How are you feeling about Gary Trent Jr.? I freaking love it. I love all of it, dude. The whole look? I love everything about Gary Trent Jr. The photo shoot in the bathroom of the airplane, <laughs> like his pregame look. I forget which game it was with the, the- flames on the edges. <laughs> dude, I love all of it. It's awesome. Dude. It's a guy who has attitude. It's a guy who has a personality. It's awesome, and he's not a huge douche. And he has boys under pressure. Yes. Oh, it's all good. It's and they all- just put up some stat. He's like... He's something like the fourth player to have something consecutive threes. Yeah, he's he's, lighting, he's out. He's lighting the world on fire, and and it's one of those things. Uh, I can't remember who was saying it, but there was a question of uh, you know when did it when did he find his uh, his edge? He seems to have an edge that he didn't have. And whoever it was, like, dude, draft night, man. He was so mad to be a second-round pick coming out of Duke. His dad played in the NBA. He thought he deserved more respect from that. So he's been uh, one of the hardest workers. Uh, on the Blazers since he started. These guys are slick. I like, I, I like this Blazers team, man. They're so fun to watch. Up 67-60 on the Clippers. Three minutes left, first half. There you go. Um, so what about his tattoos in particular? Just that they're everywhere. That they're friggin' <laughs> on his thigh. They're on his calf, legs, shit. Like, he's just he's friggin' tatted up, and it's sick. Yeah. And they're cool tattoos, too. I've seen a couple of the zoom-ins, and... Uh, well, he's he got his some, dad on his left arm. Yeah, he's got the Spalding uh, replica ball on one yeah. of his shoulders, which looks pretty sick. And 
I don't know. It's just it's just cool. He's got a cool vibe to him. Yeah. I think there's so many NBA players that like kind of fit into a box and they kind of stay in it. And let me just say that box is still pretty cool. Like Yeah. But he's just he's interesting. Just watch the Blazers. They're fantastic. Enjoy the rest of the game, everybody. I'll be off next week, but we'll be back uh, after that uh, and get you ready for some football season. But right now, we're done. Have a great weekend. Bye-bye. If life seems jolly rotten. Papa Murphy's. We make it. You bake it. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.